podcast. I'm your host, Khalil Robertson, with my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, world? How you guys doing today? Hope you had a good weekend. Had a real good weekend. I want to give a shout out to the Hard Times crew. We had like a little uh, father's picnic. It was odd. Everybody in the crew at the same time had kids within like a three-month stretch, yo. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it was it was completely unplanned too, yo. This ain't no pregnancy pack bullshit either, <laughs> yo. It was wild. Out of some random, yo. Hey, we yo, were when yo. you get kids, I'm gonna get kids right after you, man. Yo. We gonna do it together. Completely unplanned. But yo, it's all good, man. I hope the kids grow up and have uh, a nice steady group of friends because we're always gonna hang out. Yeah. So hopefully they'll they'll grow up to get along as well. So that's really the um I think the advantage of stuff like that, I think, is really awesome. Like a lot of my close friends now were friends from when I was a kid, so I think it's like really, really important for you know, what I mean, like close knit people to grow up together, little kids and stuff. Like my nieces and nep- nephews, it's one of the things that I really, really um, I'm happy about is that they're all so close together, and just like, well, they're not um, all within the same age group. Well, they're not all the same year in the same way that yours are, but they're all within the same sort of similar age group, and it's really dope to like know that they're going to have each other as they're growing up through the hard times, you know what I mean? It's a support network, and it's important to know your kids' friends' families, you know what I mean? Know your kids' friends, and at least this is one way that you could minimize those variables because you know the parents, you'll know the kids to some degree, and, you know, it it, it creates a stronger support network because if the trust is there, you could always have, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. that kind of uh, solidarity and fellowship with them, so... And it's yeah. much easier for y'all to hash anything out, if you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. if anything happens. Yeah, and, and they have examples of friendship, you know what I mean? And it, that, that's important because my family is spread out all over the country. so Same. It's important for me to, to be able to socialize them with people in close settings because, yeah, they'll get general public socialization, you know what I mean? But I want them to get that more intimate, familial uh, kind of socialization. So, yeah. It was it was it was really heartening to see everyone get together because I hope we do a lot more of those. So shout out to the Hard Times crew. We got those are some really stand up gentlemen and ladies. So yeah, it was funny earlier today. <laughs> uh, I was uh, uh, before we had met up. I had stopped at a, a Hot Bell Chicken and it was chicken was good, <laughs> very fire, very fire. But it was interesting because it was um it was like a very southern styled hospitality kind of place and it was so interesting because. It was it was it was noticeably different. You know what I mean? Like way. Southern style hospitality versus Californian style hospitality. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's interesting. You know, like a Southern style hospitality is you know it's fake, but it's because they just don't know you. <laughs> but in California you feel like the uh the hospitality's fake because they just don't like you. Right. And it's very different. You know what I mean? Right, it, right, it, right. it gives off a different sentiment. <laughs> I see. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, but yeah, no, it was it was good. It was a good experience. But um Sounds good. Yeah, so definitely let's start out with the with some entertainment because I've been watching some um, some really interesting uh, stuff uh, this week. Uh, I started out with the Aaron Hernandez documentary, which was it was very I, I don't want to say entertaining because it's a tragedy, and I think it's a uniquely American tragedy because th- of the confluence of events that that led up to this this young man's life because he was still very young. I want to say he was in his mid twenties when he died. You know what I mean? I think yeah. he was twenty seven. And they were talking about the the levels of CTE brain damage that this this kid was showing was was catastrophic. CTE? Yeah, it's um CTE. It's a it's a trauma it's a it's a traumatic uh, head uh, injury that that people get. And I forget what the acronym is for, but it's it's typically caused from repeated trauma to the head, and gotcha. it causes it's a degenerative brain disease. And it's 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 rough, and 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 of course, there's no part of your brain that you can lose without impairing its function, you know, to some degree. And so, <coughs> for the level of CTE that he had, it had much, he had to have massive brain. Now, that's not to excuse any of his actions. I'm absolutely not excusing a murderer, but understanding the confluence of events that can lead up to a person's life, it, and lead to these kind of events is important to ascertain because we can then try to minimize <laughs> as many of those factors as possible 
to try to just decrease the possibility of someone committing a murder. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's what it's about. It's not about excusing him. It's not about you know you, you know th- there is no justice for for Odin Lloyd's family. There will be no justice. They they can never get that young man back. And I, and I want to give uh, a, a lot of um, my heart out to them because they lost a young man that was very bright. I mean not just an athletic talent. He seemed to be a, general, a genuinely good person, and he was an asset to his community. And so there, that loss, there's no justice for that loss. And so it's not about any of those things. It's a, what it's about is trying to prevent this from happening in whatever small way you can, because there is no way you can stop future events. That's all you can do is do what you can to minimize <laughs> the impact that they can have. And so that's what I think that the big takeaway from this documentary is, is all of these things in, in conjunction are what led to it. It's not, you know, it's not to take any one thing away from it, but yeah, man, seeing that guy's, seeing his family life was tragic. I mean, his tra- it was tragic from the abuse he was possibly facing as a child to the ineptitude of his mother as a, as a parent and as a caretaker. It was just, it was astounding. I was just, I was floored. As a parent, it's just like, okay, that's a cautionary tale to me. That's, a, that's something that, that I need to make sure that I avoid at all costs because I never want that to be part of my child's story, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's and pretty fair. I, I was kind of disheartened at the way that they tried to utilize his tattoos as a, as like, oh, this is him trying to tell the story of his murder. And it might be, but it's a very thin line because tattoos are a form of artistic expression. And so in the same way that I'm against people using rap lyrics, which there was another young man who was just sentenced recently to some absorbent amounts of years uh, based on his his rap lyrics. um, I don't like that as a legal precedent because it stigmatizes a certain culture. You know what I mean? It's something that disproportionately uh, targets a certain culture and has a high propensity for being misunderstood. Mm, absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, that's there's there's a lot to take away from that um that Aaron Hernandez doc, and I really hope that people get into it and really have some discussions just around it, you know. But yeah, I've also been watching um the new Leslie Jones stand up. I found shout it very interesting. Jones. Yes, yes. Shout out to Leslie Jones, man. She really did it big, man. I, it was a really good. Doc, um, I'm sorry. It was a really good stand up, and of it all, I I will give I'll give it two critiques, and it's mostly from the performance because the material was rock solid. True. I haven't gotten to see that yet. I'm looking. Yeah, forward take some to time that. out when you get it. It's it's definitely going to give you some chuckles. It's, <laughs> got, it's definitely full of the chuckles. Um, and so, as I said, the material is, 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 it speaks for itself, but, um, in her performance, in, in the, the parts where she's doing like, uh, the actual performative comedy where she's going around the stage, kudos for her to being fit enough to do those for as long as she, as as long as she did, but they stretched on for a little bit too long. You know, there was, there was a couple of instances where I was like, all right, Leslie, (laughs) <laughs> you can stop flopping around the stage now and we get the point um and she yells most of her punchlines, and that and just me yelling in general gets old you know what i mean and yeah. <laughs> but other than that solid performance great show i would highly recommend checking it out i did enjoy it a lot um yeah and i just finished up umbrella academy which i i know i mentioned before but nice yeah did you get um, to the last episode you finished it oh yeah oh yeah man so this will be your 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 spoiler alert warning because <laughs> I'm gonna talk a little bit more in depth. Man, about it's it been on for forever, man. If they weren't gonna watch it, you know. Well, they no, I'm seen well. It. I'm hoping that I'm I'm, I'm introducing people to some of these things because uh, you know that's fair. I'm I have no idea who my lunch generally is, but right. <laughs> for the most part, I think that it's probably gonna be people who are attracted, maybe not mainly to 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 Netflix as a primary source of entertainment. So they could use a little bit of guidance in choosing the random things that they could come by. I don't know. That makes but sense. No, sure. With that I being said, Umbrella Academy, phenomenal show. Great show. Great show. Um, I like there was days. there were some predictable moments, and there were some unpredictable moments, and so I was 
that I like that. It has yeah. that. If it's completely unpredictable, it kind of just seems like they're just being random. <laughs> but if it's unpredictable at certain points, it kind of makes you feel like, oh, it makes you second guess the predictable yeah. points when you do come by them. And so the, the, the writers did a great <laughs> job of just uh, of doing that, of incorporating like a little bit of mystery because <clears throat> especially in the exposition of some of the episodes, um, it's a little bit difficult to get a hold of like when Klaus is going back and forth in his memories yeah. of things in the past that could get a little bit um, disjointing at times. But for the most part, it, it, it flows well. It flows well. And of course, trying to keep up with five and anything that has to do with time travel is going to, to end up leading to some bit of confusion yeah but um yeah it all comes together and it, it does all come together it all comes together in the end and man i was i was pleasant i was happy that that allison went spared vanya in the end <laughs> i w- because i thought that they were just gonna because i was like all right, if they try to kill her i really think she's gonna kill all of them <laughs> slay them all yeah you know what i mean because she was definitely not in full control of her power right you know what i mean she did yeah. blow the moon. <laughs> yo that was out of control at the end and everybody is just chilling i'm like yo yo she shot a laser into space bro it never ends well <laughs> That never hey ends man, well. Who's asking for it? <laughs> just floating there, shining light. Just think we weren't gonna do nothing, bro. But yeah, no, it's it definitely had some some great turns. I was really really interested in the relationship between Cha Cha and Hazel. Yeah, and I don't know why, but I found the the, the love story between Hazel and Agnes super endearing. I was rooting Me for them the whole it time. Felt, it felt really, really genuine. At first, I, I was it was pretty jarring. I was like, really? Okay, I guess. But yeah, but yeah. But <laughs> what kind of monster in. can you be not to really <laughs> not to feel for these people? You know, like what? Yeah, a <sighs> few episodes in, you're like, no, Agnes, no. <laughs> So yeah, that was pretty dope. That was cool. Uh, they did the the writing on that show was pretty 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 good. Because no, I got I'm not I'm not well versed in the source material, which I I need to brush up on. Yeah. So I'm not sure which. Oh, that's right. Parts. You know, um, are you familiar with Gerard Way? No. If I remember correctly, this is his brainchild. Gerard Way. He's um he's one of those um. Uh, I don't want to offend anyone by saying uh, uh, he's one of those emo band singers. I don't remember which one, but he's the lead singer of one of those emo bands. But he also does a lot of like he's heavily involved with comics. He writes a lot of comics, and that's like his um, that's his brainchild essentially. Okay, okay. No, I can rock with it. I definitely want to get more uh, verse in the source material, mainly because I want to see where they took artistic license uh, in some of the characters. Like I'm not sure did they intentionally make Cha Cha and Hazel an interracial uh, partnership? Oh, I or is that part of the source material? If I do not remember, but I want to say it's a part of the source material. I believe that. Okay. That was pretty faithful. And um, Klaus's relationship with Dave was also in the in the source material. That I don't remember. I just I just, I really I only watched like only Moon because or those, um, it fits so well. It makes me feel like it was. <laughs> it did not feel shoehorned. I I felt like it was. I think th- I felt like they very respectfully approached a lot of those things. Yeah. Um a lot of those relationships and um just man, Mary J is the jilted lover. Boy did she smash amazing. that role. <laughs> I was like, yo, I know exactly what demon she was calling on, man, cuz we all, you know, she went through a very public um breakup and so I feel I feel like man, she definitely she was channeling some uh, of that. Channeling it, bro. She's killed that role. And then the fight scene. I wonder if that yo, if that was her moving in them fight scenes. Yeah, she's I really she's like busting this, some um, heads. I really like this new thing of uh, of um black superstar uh, uh uh musicians coming in as like uh comic book uh characters because What's the name? Uh, I want to say Jill Scott was also the main mm. bad guy in Black Lightning season one. She's like oh, one wow. of the she's like one of the head honcho bad guys in there. Man, so, like that's that's pretty cool. Black Lightning's also on Netflix as, as well. If you want to give it a shot, I give season one a shot, and I have mixed feelings about it. But I'd rather I I I watched an episode. It didn't enthrall me. Same. 
I should probably give it more of a shot. That's exactly what I did. You know what I mean? Because if you listen, what, what episode exactly of my podcast, right. I'll be real bad if you were like, I stopped that one. I'd be like, dang, dog, it gets hot in some of the later ones, chance, though. Man. <laughs> exactly. It was just about to get good. But yeah, so I should probably give it give it some uh, another shot. But yeah. No, I gave um, it a shot simply for what it represented, you know? And also because I knew it was coming off of the heels of the Flash stuff, and I, and I like the Flash itself. I'm not, I really don't follow any of the other shows in that universe. However, I do want to see the new crossover that they're doing. Once they're all finished with that, I'll check that out. Okay. But, yeah. Yeah, that's what's up. But um, Umbrella Academy, yeah, just really a great, great watch. Definitely looking forward to season two. Can't wait Likewise. for that to come out. But yeah, just uh, on to some more entertainment news. Talk about some black excellence, yo. What it, I think Akon has become a major stakeholder in an entire African city. Hey, shout out to Akon. I mean, I knew he was in some major infrastructure projects like uh, yeah. providing electricity, mm-hmm. building roads, mm-hmm. doing a lot of real big infrastructure, which is just, I mean talk about doing it big like i i, I look at, at, at legends like nipsey and like man look what he was getting ready to do look at what he has done all i mean it, my man akon yeah talk I, I, about you use that around. as an example like that's that's not even excellence that's like royalty shit like yeah, that's, you know what i mean like, like that, that's next level that's, you know what i mean that's definitely a that's not a rise. that's not a fake brand of kobasier with, <laughs> with that you do marketing for that you claim to own that's yeah. not you know what i mean that yeah. that's not that's not a lot of it, that is a solid move that will yep. benefit a lot of people's lives in a real and tangible way like that will open up avenues like i'm impressed yeah. And and from what I understand, he's very open to emigration. Mm-hmm. This city has a deal with the country. I have to get look more into this next episode. I'm definitely going to look get some more facts about this. But I'm just I'm floored. Like that is that's a major move. You know what I mean? And of course he he you know he did it in Africa. I mean, you know, it, it's sad that he made you know so much money in his notoriety in 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 America but he couldn't he couldn't build what he wanted to build in this country you right. know what i mean he had which and there's n- absolutely nothing wrong with that i i think that it's better i mean as i believe he's a native african you know what i mean and so it, it makes sense for him to build back in his home that way yeah. but it, it you know Black people in America do need to have a lot of core infrastructure provided to them, and maybe not in the way of like electricity and internet, but in the way of like institutions like black banking institutions and you know just things like that that are core community institutions. You know what I mean? Those kind of things that I'm sure Akon would love to do in America. He probably is is receives the utmost staunch opposition Probably, whenever he tries to yeah. and and that's crazy that's that, but that it's that's, one of those things sucks. where it's like it's a blessing and a curse because he wasn't able to do it here it probably gave him that much more motivation to accomplish it over there in his native country you know oh yeah i don't doubt that akon seems to be a self-motivator as far yeah. as I, I mean i i have i don't know man i just i think that it's his story, his his turn from what he was to who he is today, is just just shows the first of all the dynamism of 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 African American youth. Like they get pigeonholed so frequently. Like <laughs> I believe he was yeah. arrested for stealing cars in yep. New Jersey or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I and I know the the average person will look at that and say you're. You're a waste yep. off. You're Throw away his life from done. Yep, you know, absolutely. like you're never going to amount to anything. Look at you. Yep. And, then, and and yeah, look at me. <laughs> look, look look at what the potential is that can come from somebody who just has a, a few opportunities and yep. is able to seize on them. So. So it sounds like you're looking forward. Africa sounding more and more appealing to you. Curry, oh man, it sounds like, we, it sounds like you're you, ready to come back home, <laughs> bro. I'm I'm not a there's a lot to to 
more than just like a city. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. That there's a lot of things that have to go on around it, especially in a place like Africa, to make it secure and safe. You know what I mean? But it does. I'm I'm happy to see it happen, and it's absolutely something that I I would keep my eye on because if it became like a viable option and it was some place where I could go and 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 find a niche in society for sure. Because America doesn't. I don't feel like America really. They don't. They don't want. <laughs> they don't want to see the enlightenment of the people. They don't want to see the better world that could be. I don't think that they genuinely want that in America. I think they just want to see how much they can extract from this world to their own benefit. Yep. I don't see. Well, that's and, what and it seems like. Absolutely. It's what it feels like. And mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to make a, a value judgment onto people. I'm just trying to assess people's behavior so that yeah. I can adequately react. And it seems like the vast majority of the society that I live in is geared towards an odd, like, hamster wheel of making money to no benefit to anyone right. else. And, and like it's like, to what end? Yeah, like, I'm, I'm not with that. I'm really not. And so if there's a place where I can go and find a niche in which I can produce something of value, whether it's materially or culturally for people mm-hmm. and not be required to fund a border wall that I, that I vehemently oppose, you know, and I, and, and I, I don't have to support a, a, a political structure that is a complete and utter farce on the face of it. Sounds like a good idea to me. Sounds like, yeah, it sounds, sounds worth a while. It sounds worth like thinking about at least. <laughs> sounds like a good plan. But yeah, so I just I just wanted to really shout out Akon on that. I mean, I'm just, yeah, I can't is. wait to see what he does. Like, like I love to see that. Like everything that I see from Akon is progressively bigger and better than the last time. Same, absolutely. You know what I, I hear mean? nothing like, but good things. It's been, man. Yeah, it's good for Akon, man. And it's it's, it's gl- I'm really glad that he's like helping that many people. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, on to some more entertainment news. Looks like Eminem's putting out a new album, and and not for nothing, it, some of the, the the tracks I heard of it were decent. But I don't know, man. I, people love Young Ma, and I'm just I I no. Oh, is that who he's going after this time? No, no, no. She was on one of the tracks, and oh, it's okay, trash. Okay, okay. Uh, it was probably the worst track on the on the album that I heard so far because I didn't hear the whole album. But out of the selections that I did hear. No, damn, it's not good already. Out the gate, the no, 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 just that track. The, the oh, rest okay, of the okay, album, okay. Act, the rest of the tracks actually were coming together nicely. Um, okay, okay. No, I'm just not. I I, I, keep, I hear Young Ma all the time, and I just don't see why people are entertained <laughs> by her. I just don't. I don't. Um, and I've opened my mind up to a lot of things that I that I that I originally thought I wouldn't like. And I tried it, and it's, and it, and that's why I said, you know what? Let me wait until I organically come by one of her songs. Let me not go actively search one out, because I'll be extra mad if, if I'm looking for it, like. and I can't find a single track I like. I'll be pissed. So let me just wait until she produces a track that crosses over into my sphere. Okay. Okay. And now, while I'm extremely critical of Eminem, I have never said he's not talented. Mm-hmm. And so I figured, okay, cool. She gotta come with something on the M track. Definitely, you can't. You can't. You can't half ass on the M track. Yeah, for sure. He's gonna destroy you. And so, based on what she presented on the M track, and then I, what I then went on to go to look for and listen, it was all the same. And I was like, Nah, B. We can't just be lowering the bar like that because we like somebody's lifestyle, my G. Like, I can't. I could support you and your lifestyle without trying to figment that you're a good fucking rapper. Savage. And that's just my opinion. I don't, I just don't see it. And it's just like, come on, guys. Like, okay, even if she has her own little niche market, I'm going to let her rock. But, like, the people who I see co-signing, I'm just, I'm like, wow. Okay. She's <laughs> like, hey, yo, send me whatever song you're listening to because I need to hear it. I, I really do want to hear it. I really do. I really do. Because you have rappers like Remy Ma out there, Rhapsody out there. And I mean, these these women are savages on the mic. True, absolutely. And then and then you're putting a young MA up there. Get the fuck out of here, G. 
Get out of here. Stop it. Stop it. It's not fair. It's not fair. Because it makes her think she's better than she is, and she'll never improve if she thinks that she's at the top of her game. I'm just, and that's just my opinion. Anyway, I didn't. Th- I don't know how this turned into a young MA rant. This was about Eminem's new album, right? But um, yeah, bah, 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 bah. I'm interested. <laughs> I'm interested to see the the rest of the, to hear. I'm sorry, hear the rest of the tracks on the Eminem album. But more excitingly, Mac Miller's um posthumous album came out. I've been hearing about that. Boy, it, it's a it is a melancholy listen. Um, just in general, because you know Mac had that very you know yeah, drawn out style, yeah. which I it, it's that mood music. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you're in the mood absolutely. for that music, that shit is amazing. But what I don't understand is why all the reviewers are crying during their review. I can't I can't tell you how many of these these dudes I see on YouTube crying on the mic, and I'm just like, why? Why? I get it. It's sad, but these aren't people who genuinely even knew him right and and they're and not to say that they can't connect to him but it doesn't seem genuine the way that they're doing it you know what i mean yeah it seems really it it seems contrived for clicks yep and and that's a shame it's a shame because that fake love shit is real is is real and when they say when they say that's that's terrible that's terrible because i don't think you need to like it's you're already playing off of their name because you're reviewing their track yep and that's generating your clicks out yep with with those hashtags absolutely and then you're out here crying like is and even if it is it's i don't know to me it's just unprofessional um well that's the that's such is the nature of that artificial culture you know i mean i mean look at all the um because they're crying on the video and most of the video (laughs) is them crying like they're not talking I'm not here to watch you cry. I'm here to to, to hear your discourse exactly. on a they topic. They could have very easily edited that part out and then got on with it. So that's how you know for sure they're just wasting your time. But yeah, it's like the album is good, but there's there's I don't know. It makes it difficult because there's a the internet is consumed mostly by children, and you know young people see this and they get a very disproportionate understanding of what it is to to express love for somebody who you genuinely might have had contact with mm-hmm. it whether it's through their music or directly you know what i mean but yeah, anyway that's my opinion i think it's disingenuous i don't support anyone like just just say what you say what you feel you know what i mean if you want to talk about mac miller and it doesn't bring you to tears that's that's fine too you know <laughs> it's not real if i'm not crying but that's and that's the message it sends, and I think that that's the disingenuous message that the kids are getting. It's not real if you're not crying. You ain't no Matt. You ain't crying about Matt. You ain't crying about X. When the last time you cried about X, Rico? You ain't give a shit about nobody. Like, you know what I mean? I don't want to do that. I don't want to be part of that culture. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. That I mean, I just think that it's just ridiculous. I'm like, I don't know. I think people crying for Nike. I, I really only approve of people crying for, like, three reasons. So, like, any other th- reasons outside of those reasons, I'm just looking at you like, all right, I'm just going to wait over here until you're done. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that just could be because I was raised by an emotional dwarf, and so <laughs> it might I'm, – I'm I don't know how to appropriately cry because I never saw someone appropriately cry – appropriately cried nor was i ever ratified for appropriately crying right that, so it was no, like was i just don't know how to use thing. this i have this emotional tool and i don't know what to do with it you were never allowed to cry as a child a child <laughs> so as an adult you're just like eh, i don't really know what to do with that emotion i don't really know i don't really get there you know it's not a thing it's not allowed <laughs> but yeah so it i guess and, and so that could be why i'm so uncomfortable with it and so that just might be me be me being overcritical of them based on my own bias, which I could I could understand, but at the same that token, that might be what I'm doing too. Yeah. But at the same token, it, it, I don't know. I, I I still err on the side of just don't don't cry on the camera, G. <laughs> like I don't like it when no, because I didn't like it when um there was this whole rash of of like YouTube young women on YouTube crying for money. Low, and that shit was bothersome to me. You know what I mean? I feel like this is an extension of that. I mean that's pretty weird. I think it is, but it's it's a special part of the culture. For money and people paying for a because it's the white knight syndrome. You know what I mean? As I said, it's mostly yeah. children, and children want to feel like they're saving someone. So if you have this person crying on camera, and you can send them money to make them feel better, you're gonna do it. 
even if it's not your money. It's a pretty gross situation. Yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. And I and I watched it happen, and I was like, I can't be part of this at all, at all. But anyway, that that's my main critique of of the people who were doing Mac Miller reviews and then sobbing through their whole review, just like, all right, guys, let's let's not. I don't think that's that's a productive way of of, of reviewing a, an album. But you know, YouTube could be used for good because there are a couple channels on YouTube that I think cultivate some of the best libraries of multi-genre music performances. And I'm talking mainly about um, NPR Tiny Desk, which this yeah. is not a paid advertisement, but I have no qualms about big enough NPR Tiny Desk. That I have found hours of entertainment from some of my greatest, uh, from some of my favorite performers on that channel. And I would highly recommend just perusing it and, and checking out, you know, any, because you'll be surprised who you find. You'll be very surprised who you can find on NPR Tiny Desk. And it's awesome because they're cultivating a library of virtuoso performances that 100 years ago people would have killed to be able to have access to on a regular <laughs> basis. You know what I mean? And this is on the internet for your viewing pleasure. On the whim. What's really funny is um, uh, uh, NPR Tiny Desk single-handedly changed my opinion of Anderson Pac. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, it introduced me to his music. Honestly, I wasn't really familiar with his music prior to that, and that shit Same. sent me on the, on the, on the, the, the hunt, man. Because that performance was amazing. The Free yep. Nationals mashed He's it up. Amazing. The He's the energy, the the charisma, the yeah. performance was just such a good musician. I'm mm-hmm. I'm personally like really really impressed with his ability to play the drums. And sing at and the same. Sing at the same time. Anybody like, who can sing and move at the same time impresses the living shit out bro, of me. That is, that's really good to be able to like control the beat and also you're also doing it, man. Shout out to Anderson Park, man. Very talented, good music. And yeah. he's got a joint with um with Chronics that Eternal. Oh Eternal, yeah. Eternal light, Eternal light. Yeah, that's my joint. That's mm-hmm. my joint. But um yeah, and also there's a there's a studio and I want to say Berlin. That produces a YouTube channel just called Colors, mm-hmm. that yeah, colors I can't hi- I can't re- recommend highly enough. It is, and it, the concept is just when it comes to musical performance, it is the pinnacle of what you can distill a single person or a single act's musical performance to. It's, it's just check it out. The channel it's called Colors. Their uh, performances, their single song performances, very high quality production, great visuals, um, and just the performances. It's funny because I like most of the renditions that are on colors better than the original renditions that you'll find Same. on the album. Yep. The production quality is just so immaculate. Like the, that that sound team in there goes ham. And something about that that I think it makes the the performers more comfortable for. For me specifically, I discovered um, Jacob Banks from Yes, from, um, Colors. Mm-hmm. and his Mercy performance on Colors is way better than the one of the album. Like whenever I'm searching YouTube, oh, I look, Gunna, to go for that Gunna's one. top off uh, performance, uh, JID's um, working out. Just there's so many there's so many performances that I'm just like wow, step your step your production game up, bro, because this right here is where you need to be at. They're so really clean. Good. Oh, um, I mean, they got Schoolboy Q, Num Num Juice, uh, really J Rock. I mean, and I'm just naming most of the rap because that's what I listen to. But they, they, Chronix has a performance up there. Yeah, um, Chronix. Um, um, I also discovered Maverick Saber from over there. Yeah, but he's actually on a ton, <laughs> a ton yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah. And also, that's another really good example. Another really good example is um, the song with Mavic Saber and oh man, it's messed up. I don't remember the other dude's George name. The poet? The, yes, yes, yes. With George the poet, um, I much prefer the Colors rendition to their official album rendition as well. Yeah, you got to check out Colors once again. Huge range of artists show up on Colors, so you'll find at least a few artists that you like. Yeah, yeah. I like coffee, coffee the mm. Colors too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure I did some in Discover Coffee too. Ka. Coffee is really good. Yeah, I never did know before that either. Yeah. But yeah, man. Uh, I guess we should uh, probably start moving on into some politics because, oh uh, boy, there's some important things to talk about, though, uh, for sure. Um, 
they signed uh, the USMCA, which was which is a trade deal that includes Canada, America, and Mexico. That is to replace NAFTA, which was the North American Free Trade Agreement. Now, free trade agreements are pretty much important to us because sometimes global markets, especially on coastal and border uh, cities, you have international trade. And that can create a huge imbalance because these areas are very productive. Mm -hmm. And so if you're producing something and let's say you can sell it more in for more in Mexico, but we need that as a resource in America distribute to uh, you know the rest of the territories, it would incline the government to let's say put tariffs on that, mm -hmm. which would cause you to have to pay a tax to export it to let's say Mexico mm -hmm. or Canada. Now NAFTA was a trade agreement to normalize those relations to, to help the flow of goods across these borders, okay? So a lot of people who work in manufacturing, so if you work in a service industry, it might affect you if your call center takes calls from Mexico. Right, absolutely. But for the most part, it doesn't affect you if you generally do either communal business, like you work at maybe a mechanic shop that you know, services your, your community or things of that nature, unless you do a lot of importing of vehicle parts, which would then you'd be worried about trade agreements. In particular, right. yeah. if the parts are made in Mexico, the North American Free Trade Agreement would heavily impact your industry. So mm -hmm. just to give a little bit of context, because I know that people here in after and they're like, I don't give a damn, but <laughs> it, it could actually impact you. If you work in a shop yeah. that creates linoleum wood in huge quantities, and there's a huge market for this in Canada, but there's a trade agreement that called charges you a tariff, you could be losing out on business. And, and that's you. That's, that directly affects you as a manufacturer of that item. And doesn't it also affect you as far as consumers and the prices of those items? Because, Well, yes, because, because as a consumer, you can now get products made in Canada much cheaper within the absence of the tariffs and taxes that would typically be present in the absence of a trade agreement. Right. So with that being said, it, it, it's generally a good thing to have if it's negotiated properly. There's a lot of things that go into trade agreements, things like labor laws, because whether you realize it or not, your time is a commodity called your labor that you can sell to companies as an employee in which they compensate you in your wages. Mm -hmm. And so that is also a commodity that can cross borders. Okay? Now, if I go to, the, to, to Mexico, and in Mexico, they pay people much cheaper to make the item that I want, it'll disincentivize me to purchase things in my home country. So, it's th there, there is that, so, so that kind of relationship is what's important when Trump talks about NAFTA was a terrible deal because what it did is, is it did not protect the manu American manufacturing against the foreign steel and the foreign vehicles and the foreign uh, agricultural products that were coming in and competing with the American market. And that's why people supported him based on that is because if you lived in the center of the country, those were all the things that were around you to work at that yeah. were gutted out. And so when he said NAFTA was bad, you said, finally, fucking Democrats haven't said shit about fucking NAFTA that they put into effect that has been shitting on my company year in and year out. Thank you, Trump. Now, granted, he was disingenuous in saying he was going to do anything about it <clears throat> because now I'm about to approach the USMCA, which is his response to fixing NAFTA. Because he unilaterally pulled out of that shit, which is like, yo, I've never seen someone so, so okay with pulling out of a deal that you were obligated to by the structure of government that you just got voted into. Like, I get that Trump didn't agree to any of these deals, but the people voted politicians in who obligated them to this. 
that meant something, especially to the people who were relying on it. But he is just whether it's the 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 Kyoto Protocol or was the G20. I mean, he's pulled out of the G8. He's pulled out of um, the the Iran deal. Um, I mean, there's 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 any number of of international agreements he's pulled out of. Well, yeah, but NAFTA was one of them. Is my point. So. They weren't specific enough instructions. Um, but, yeah, so he pulled out of NAFTA, and so he's replacing it with USMCA, which is supposed to remedy those issues. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, you know, some of the industries that were hit just, they're never going to come back. They're just never going to come back because it would require such a reinvestiture of resources to get them up and running again that you, you'd instantly be outcompeted. But anyway, let's not... Let's not even go there. So with the USMCA, the big, the two big things that I did see in it were intellectual uh, property laws that seem to be a little bit more proactive about maintaining uh, copyright across, which will be interesting because that could also be an opening to allowing Canadian pharmaceuticals into the American market which would be amazing because Canada produces some of the most high-quality pharmaceuticals at the lowest prices. And that would be go a huge way to competing with the American pharmaceutical companies that are gouging people and in insurance companies. So that's one that I saw that might be a good thing. And um, also there's uh, an enforcement of labor laws across. So there's going to be... Uh, I think uh, a normalization of labor laws across the uh, across an industry. So if you're oh, an auto good. worker in Mexico and you're an auto worker in Virginia, or I, I mean that's a country in a state, but if you're an auto worker in 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 um, Tijuana and you're an auto worker in Boston, you're getting paid the same amount for the same job, which that's pretty goes dope, a long actually. way. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and and it also increased recognition of unions in doing so. So that was two good things to come from USMCA that might directly impact people. So definitely look into if if you're in an industry that that had uh, was benefited or or hurt by that because um, it's definitely gonna gonna change a few things uh, for people who who de- who deal directly in industry. Um, moving on, you know, and in prior episodes I've talked about the lack of of challenge to Trump and the Republican Party, and so in the in the spirit of being open and fair, there is actually a primary runner that I've just became aware of in the Republican Party against Donald Trump for the presidential nomination. Good luck to that guy. His name is Joe Walsh. Um, he's a complete hypocrite, but he's way better than Trump. Way better than Trump, only because when Trump got elected, he jumped behind him. You know what I mean? And he's only now that there's a a chance that he can be impeached. Is he now coming back around to say we got to get Trump out of office? What do you mean, guys? I've been saying this since way back. So we can't trust him. But that's not to say that you know, you know, all of them are trash. You know, Democrat, Republican, they're all trash. Um, I mean. I hold Bernie and Yang in a, in a certain regard because they are separate from that Republican-Democrat dichotomy. Um, Yang not being a politician, Bernie being an independent at heart. Um, but ev- everyone else who partakes in that Republican-Democrat dichotomy, they're pretty much trash. And they're pretty much like they're, – they're, they're all the different sides of the same coin. So with that being said, I think that he will destroy the country a little bit slower – you know what I mean? Joe Walsh yeah. isn't isn't the ultimate evil that 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 Donald Trump could could still be in the future. Um, so with that being said, definitely check out Joe Walsh if you're a Republican voter. He might be of interest to you. Um, you know, and I, I I'm surprised Governor Kasich isn't running up against him again. Um, I think that there's a lot more air. I think people will take him a lot more seriously knowing that Trump has. Um, a huge chance of actually getting elected because he did it once, and yeah. so yeah. You, if unless you want to see that again, you might, especially if you're just a never Democrat. If you're not a explicit Trump supporter, you're just a never Democrat. Which I listen, 
I am not here to tell anyone how to make their decisions. I'm just here to say, hey, here's some information if you choose to think this way. And if you choose to partake in the Republican primary, I would highly recommend maybe looking into Joe Walsh because if there's any other alternative to Trump, gosh, it would give me so much more hope for this world <laughs> that the Republicans actually just don't support this guy anymore. Because, you know, I really try to be open to the Republican stance. I really do. I re and, and I have a lot of Republican friends who, who actually don't mind talking to me because I'm not overtly, you know, I, I call stupid people stupid, but I only do so with good reason. You know what I mean? I, 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 I don't. I don't gouge them, and I don't remove credit where credit is due. And so, at very least, they can they can respect that. But Trump removes any ability to give the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> and so, I really w would hope that that the Republicans um, would take the chance to to offer something else to the political uh, arena other than Trump. Um, let him run as an independent. If you guys think he's such a strong candidate, let him run as an independent. Shit. Why not? No? All right. Hey, hey, I'm just hey, I'm just throwing these ideas out here, man. I know they're not going to stick. Yeah, I don't expect them to tread from the beaten path at all. Mm -hmm. But yeah, with that being said, man, Trump's boy Putin is taking over Russia. He's changing the constitution. Yo, he's a really like making very heavy moves to make sure that he stays in power until at least he's dead. Yep. Yeah, even if he doesn't create an established like dictatorship there it seems like he's definitely trying to set himself up to maintain power um directly or indirectly for the rest of his life and uh, not to say that he shouldn't maybe russians will like that maybe he'll be a benevolent philosopher king for them i don't know but i don't know <laughs> that seems to be the the philosophy of everyone who has enough money these days just set yourself up in a way so that you always have a job forever Making money forever, doing what you like doing forever. No really particular goal after that. Just, just you know, just I just want everything. That's all. Yeah, I mean that was that was that was the original reason for monarchy. You know, that's and it, it it's sad because there's a lot of you know um, like po political theorists who talk about like man, you realize we're in feudalism again, right? We're getting really close back to that. Like, we should really probably do something about this. Because last time it didn't work out so well. There was, like, some violent revolutions and a bunch of people got their heads cut off. So, like, before that happens, no? No? You guys do have pretty big guns. Asymmetric warfare is a much more powerful tool than it is today than it was then. <laughs> they, they, they do have mercenary forces to keep them safe. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, good luck. <laughs> I don't know, man. Because that's crazy, because Russia is a huge country, and that's a lot of people. And I don't know. It's interesting, because I used to never I used to never listen to, to politicians when they say, the biggest geopolitical threat to America is Russia, and the biggest geopolitical threat to America is China. And I'm like, is that true? No, it is not true. It is rumors. Don't worry about Russia. Everything's all right. Just look over there. I don't know. I feel like they really just want us to get get out of that side of the world. They want us out of the Middle East. They want us out of China. They want to run that shit between those three powers, and Europe can do whatever they want because they are the they're the, like they're the customers. China, Middle East, Russia produce all kinds of stuff. Right. Europe is a finance economy, similar to America. It's mostly service industry jobs and. And, and financialized uh, bureaucracies. And so, yeah, they don't care. They just want America out of their part of the world so that they can be the producers, Europe will be the consumers, and then leave America, South America, and Africa to do what they want. Even though China has its eyes on Africa and Australia, for sure, they have a lot of ins there. I mean, I'm not for nothing. China has ins everywhere. Yeah. Um, that's the, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's China is like uh, Marvel's Hydra at this point. Yeah, dude. They they really have like agents everywhere. They're just ready to, they're just ready to flip a switch and just be <laughs> like, hey, like. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's sleeper agent like that, okay? But um, they have worked themselves very insidiously into a lot of financial schemes, a lot of manufacturing schemes, and um, like I I hate it. I hate it. I can't even buy American made products if I wanted to. 
Like, just because it's so prohibitively expensive. Like, if I wanted to get an American-made shirt, yeah, no. No, <laughs> I, I'm a stay-at-home dad. I can't afford that. You um, can always make your own shirt, man. Or I could just buy it from Vietnam because that's where it's cheapest. It's like... It's it's unfair because as somebody who would like to exercise my home bias and purchase things close to where I'm from, I find it very difficult to do so. Because even if you have like a local person who makes clothes, they probably get the clothes from someplace else. They don't manufacture clothes here. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. just, that's why, man, I love Killer Mike's idea, man. Just you have everything you need in a single community. And let that thrive and flourish. And let that be its own thing. And have groups of these. And each of them will thrive and flourish and create their own little subcultures. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you got to be able to, to buy locally from people who have the same interests as you. Or else you'll never be able to create a stable community. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. You'll always be reliant on some external force that may or may not always be there. And, and that's why my father always taught me about self-reliance. Because if you rely on something else, you never know when it's not going to be there. And you never want to be caught out like that. Man, I mean, he, he worked that into me as a kid to phobia level. Like, don't get caught out. Don't be caught unprepared. <laughs> so it's fail like, to plan. You plan to fail. Talk about it. Spit some, spit some words of wisdom. But, yeah. So uh, with that being said, I think that uh, we hit some 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 good topics today. Uh, yeah, we kind of we ran around. Yeah. Um, y- oh, you know what else was something I wanted to talk about? I was watching an interview w- with Boosie, and the interviewer mentioned something that is, is very common in these interviews these days, which is reparations. And Boosie had never heard of reparations. He, like, he, he was unfamiliar with the term at large. Like He wasn't just unfamiliar with the fact that there was a movement to get reparations for black people. He didn't know that there was ever a thing called reparations. Like When a nation state harms a group of people, and those group of people win in the court of law, they are provided reparations. Like They are provided recompense for all of the harm that they were caused. And now... I don't know how much more of a legal acknowledgement of slavery there has to be than the fact that there's a fucking amendment to abolish it. <laughs> but there deserves to be reparations for people's harm. Period. Whatever for, like, it's just crazy that that is so staunchly opposed because Japanese people got reparations for concentration camps. That's pretty hilarious. Or in t- I'm sorry, internment camps, as they That's call them. That's pretty funny. Um, Native Americans got reparations for the 10 million Native Americans slaughtered um, during the westward expansion. I mean, even in other countries, there's been reparations. So with that being said, I think that, you you know... You have a hard time telling me that America is not fundamentally racist in its ideology until you can tell me why it has evaded that legal responsibility for, I believe it's, I, I believe that the, the study has been proposed for 60 years. They will not even study it. And now, if you're telling me it's because Mitch McConnell won't take it to a vote, well, Mitch McConnell represents people. <laughs> and every single person who he represents is a racist to me. That's funny. And, and I'm sorry. And every single person who, who John Boehner before him represented is a racist to me because they refused to, to acknowledge that there is a historical wrong that has not been righted. And now I'm not even saying don't – even if you don't plan on giving the reparations, if you don't even come to acknowledge – what's going on then all you're doing is is continuing the festering wound absolutely It'll and never so heal. yeah it, it's it's just one of those things and and that's okay i live it here i like it here for the most part you know what i mean mm-hmm. but it would be foolhardy for me not to acknowledge that i live in a country that it thrives off of a fundamentally racist ideology it is what it is that's part of being black in america and 
I don't mean to offend anyone. And I don't want to. And if you're a white American, don't be offended. Do something about it. Like, I'm not over here saying, like, you are a racist because you did this. I'm, like, saying no. The ideology of the country that you belong to is fundamentally racist because they refuse to acknowledge the legal wrongs they've done to the people who literally built the country. So if you you don't like that, then why don't you, like, vote for people who will do something about it? Or don't vote or don't care, but don't get mad at me for acknowledging your racism. That's all I say. (laughs) That's fair. That's pretty fair. But yeah, uh, let me wrap on that because I I just, it's wild that there's people out there who don't even know what reparations are and that there are people who deserve them. I understand that from the sense that if you're not trying to pay somebody money, why would you tell them that you owe them money? Well, because it doesn't have to be money, and 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 True. and and people, and 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 I heard people getting dogged out for saying, "Well, what about a free college education for Black people and all that stuff?" And and they, what they don't understand is that that is not acceptable because fundamentally, that says that you are only allowed to do things that a college degree is good for. If you want to do something that doesn't require a college degree, then you don't deserve the 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 reparations that are due to you based on the mistreatment of you and people like you up until this point mm-hmm. and so that's why i would say let's not do free college because that that unless we have unless we had a truly good higher education system that people had easy access to go to learn things like vocations and arts and sports skills and other things other than just these academic like lawyers doctors and 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 engineers are only a part of the country and not everyone wants to do that and not everyone's even capable of that so let's stop telling people what to do and let them do what we know they'll naturally do which is something instead of nothing you know what i mean because you're not going to stop them from doing what they want to do we might as well empower them to do it in a healthy way this by not true. being fucking broke all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this idea that, that, you know, if you give people money that inherently they're going to do stupid things. Yes, because they didn't have money, but at least now they can learn how to use money and they can teach and they can, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you can't withhold things from people cause you don't think they're going to use them. Right. You know what I mean? That's, that's not how that works. You can only, if you if you have a problem with how they're using it, you could try to teach them things, but you can't withhold the necessities that they need to survive. <laughs> All right, let me stop ranting. I'm <laughs> I, because it's clearly something that I've thought entirely too much about, um, and that I'm not even due to. Like, I'm not even a descendant of an. Uh, I'm not even a descendant of somebody who was an American slave. So it's not even like I'm fighting for reparations for myself. It's just that once reparations for the actual descendants of slaves happens they can start to fix some of the fundamental rot that hurts all black people. Because while I'm not due reparations, boy, could I do for a little bit of an equaling of the playing field of the people that I live around. Right. Absolutely. That just helps the community. And then that'll help me. So I don't care about the money. I'm not looking for the money. I, I want to see everyone else do better because that's how you get the, the rising tide to lift all boats is when you actually everybody has a boat that's in the, in the water. But in the tide, the tide rises and you don't have a boat, you drown. You know what I mean? And that's what, what that's what America's really been doing. Swimmer. They've been, oh, the rising tide raises all boats. But not everyone's in a fucking boat. A lot of people are poor, and those poor people are the ones without the boats, and they're drowning. They're not rising. And that's why social instability keeps on happening. And the size of those people who are drowning is getting bigger and bigger. Hey, man, I can't see no poor people from my yacht. Feel Bruh. me? Let me just turn up the music real quick. Bruh. I can't even see or hear no poor people. Yo, I'm just going right get, out. L- let me get that, that surrounding mosquito net around my whole yacht just feel because. Me? Hey, man, turn up the music, man. Get, get, get the dancers over here, bro. bro. I, I can hear, hear too many I broke niggas crying, me? man. Turn the music up. What, what is that? What is that sound? Hit it. With that being said, let's go ahead and close this one out. Uh, just remember, guys, time's only wasted if you choose to waste it. Always learn from your failures. It's the only thing you ever truly do learn from. Thank you for joining me on this episode, and you guys have a great one. Peace.